0: Hey everybody, this is Kurt Schlichter, Unredacted, the do Hall VIP Podcast. It is in the house, it is in the hizzes, it is all over the place. And here I am on this beautiful, wonderful day celebrating. The death of Qassam Soleimani. Is it wrong to celebrate the death of another human being? Not when he's a fucking asshole. And that's what this guy is. He killed about at least a thousand Americans, if you throw in Lebanon, because this guy's kind of helped with that. He might not be personally involved, but who the fuck cares? He also killed a bunch of our guys in Iraq. And he killed a bunch of our guys in Saudi Arabia. And now he's been blown into little chunks. And I think it's beautiful. Now, when I'm recording this, it may be before these guys react. But we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about what the Iranian reaction should be. What should their strategic response be to this? And uh, let me give you a sneak preview. I don't think they know yet because I don't think they expected this. And you can tell they didn't expect this because he decided to get out, you know, Get off his plane, get into a car, start cruising up the road, you know, chillin', illin', and then, ouch. I think the mullahs got red pillin', see, see, you got that going, I got a little rhyme going there, when they finally figured out, holy shit, Trump's not a goddamn pussy like uh, Barack Obama or Jimmy Carter or some of the rest of them. Trump's a playa. And you better hate the game. So anyway, let's uh, let's dig right into this thing, shall we? Because this is a this is a major event. This is kind of what I've been talking about for a long time. Because uh, I want to explain kind of the the bigger picture here on a military tip. Because for so long we have not really done things that were strategic. We did some things that were tactical. Uh, but we never really did anything strategic And we never really seemed to have any kind of plan Let's talk about the difference between strategic and tactical Tactical stuff is the stuff you do on the ground it, it, How you clear a room is tactical How you fight a battle, a smaller battle, is tactical you know, There's some kind of graduations up Sometimes bigger battles are operational But that's not that's not important Strategic is about national objectives national purposes and it's kind of a big picture stuff and we often say what's the strategy here that is what are we trying to achieve tactical is simply a way you build with multiple tactical you know events you build towards achieving a strategy. Everything that's tactical should build towards the strategy. Okay? Now I've given you War College 101 and now you got don't have to spend two years getting your strategic studies degree, because that's pretty much all of it. And of course, that's the part that our military tends to ignore. We could really move on. So what was killing Suleimani? Let's review. Uh this is a guy who was the head of the Islamic revolutionary Guard Corps which is kind of the uh, terrorist enforcement arm of the Iranian mullahs. Um, The mullahs are in kind of a weird strategic position because if you look at them their overall strategy is to spread their bizarre version of the Shia religion or the Shia sect. Uh, Shia's branch of Islam. A little different than Sunni and there's a lot of history there and you can go read about that because it doesn't really matter for our purposes. Uh, but the the Iranian mullahs are Shia, and they're an apocalyptic cult. Essentially, they believe that, you know, eventually there's going to be a giant showdown, and, you know, all the bad people are going to die, and they're going to win. But if they die, they're martyrs, so that's cool. It, th- this provides a strategic problem for America, because usually we can deter enemies pretty effectively by threatening to kill them. For instance, the United States and Soviet Union had mutually assured destruction, MAD was the acronym. Basically, we're gonna nuke them till they glowed, but they'd also nuke us till we glowed if we messed up, so nobody would screw up. Now, the the communists were dirty commie bastards, uh, you know, Bernie Sanders fans, and they didn't wanna die. And of course, we didn't wanna die, so everyone kinda didn't make any sudden moves around each other with the iranians it's a little different maybe because they're kind of an ac- apocalyptic cult they don't mind dying but do they really not mind dying if you look at what happened when qasim Soleimani uh met a uh hellfire he kind of they you know he he swiped right and they they had a close encounter of the kapal kind um they seemed really unhappy he was dead i mean you'd think they'd be partying you think they'd be out there so woohoo yeah let's have an alcohol free celebration man he's a martyr yay and they seemed really bummed and that kind of leads me to the conclusion that they kind of know they're full of shit too Uh, and it's just the suckers that they convinced to strap on a bomb vest who don't those are the only guys who aren't in on the joke in any case still you know it's still a strategic problem when you have guys who may or or may not be deterrable because of the traditional you know, desire for people not to be killed. Uh, I think Trump kind of sees through this shit. Now, let me get back to that in a second. So what we had is these guys, when we invaded Iraq, they activated the Shia militias. Basically, uh, Saddam Hussein was oppressing a lot of the Shias. Uh, When we came in, Iran made sure they had guns and that they turned them on us. So we ended up fighting these guys, who were also enemies of Saddam Hussein, and uh, they killed a lot of Americans, over 600 plus wounded, a lot more. What the Iranians did was revolutionize things by giving them uh, more effective IEDs, improvised explosive devices. These were, you know, basically bombs, roadside bombs and bombs in buildings, bombs, so to speak. You know, every. And what they would do is the Iranians would provide them with essentially shape charges. What's a shape charge? Shape charge is a bomb that's designed to essentially create a molten metal pellet that can penetrate armor. So you see American armor going down the road, normal bomb not going to have much effect. It'll bounce people around, but they're not going to die. You get a shape charge, and it essentially blasts into existence a, a molten uh, slug that goes shooting through armor, like a knife through butter in many cases, and kills everybody inside. So suddenly our armor was not providing protection because the Iranians gave the local Shia mi- uh, militia technology that would defeat our armor. And, uh, you know, well, like I said, well, over 600 Americans were killed. Uh, so this guy's got American blood on his hands. He's got, America, he's got blood on his hands from other places, too. But let's just focus on Iraq right now. Now, this guy, this guy was helping to run the war in Syria. This guy was helping the Hezbollah in Lebanon to build up and threaten Israel. Uh, and this guy laughed at us. We knew where he was all the time. Here's the thing. He didn't hide. He didn't care. He thought he was the honey badger. He thought he didn't have to give a shit. He'd fly into, he flew, I can't say he flies into Baghdad. We all know he's flying Baghdad. He knows we know he's flying into Baghdad. He gets picked up by his asshole friends, right? And they're going to cruise off to do some conspiring. Because a couple days before, uh, some Iranian-backed guys had fired uh, some rockets in an American base, wounded four American soldiers, killed an American contractor. That's a civilian. And, you know, it's interesting. We don't know who this guy is. I'm really curious. Who is this contractor who essentially started this thing? Because a dead American became a red line. Look, they uh, attacked uh, a refinery in Saudi Arabia. We didn't respond. They attacked ships. We didn't respond. Not our ships. They um, shot down one of our drones. No one got killed. We were going to attack. And Trump says, what's collateral damage? He said, we'll probably kill about 150 civilians. Trump said, nope, we're not going to do it. So we showed restraint, which this guy, this Suleimani guy, took to mean that we are a bunch of insufferable sissies. How he confused us with the uh, editorial staff of the Bulwark is beyond me, but none of that's important. What is important is that Don Trump made it very clear, if you kill Americans, it's a different game. Right? They killed an American. I killed an American. And uh, we know a lot of stuff. I'm not going to reveal any secret stuff because I really don't know any. But we know where a lot of things are. And One of the things we knew uh, the location of was where these militias were keeping uh, some of their weapons. Now, there's rumors some of those included Scud missiles. Yeah, missiles, right? They could fire them from Iraq to threaten Israel. Because remember, they're, they're trying to surround Israel with missiles in Lebanon and uh, Syria and uh, Gaza. Uh, because they can't break into Israel, but if they fire enough missiles in, maybe they can hurt Israel. We knew where these places were. We targeted five of them. We hit them with F-15s. And we didn't do one of those, hey, everybody. We're going to bomb you in 15 minutes. You might want to get out. No, we just dropped the damn bomb. We killed, what, 25 of these assholes. 25-1 ratio. Eh, it's a good start. I think we can do better. But in any case, we uh, capped 25 of them. Where well, they were like, what the fuck? Because the Americans suddenly weren't playing. Okay. is a smart guy. He understands messaging. He understands information. He understands strategy. The strategy is to drive America out, right? How do you drive America out best? You drive America out best by doing what enemies have done since World War II. You leverage the Democrats because the Democrats are insufferable sissies and they will always side with America's enemies. Now they won't tell you that, but they always will. What he wanted to do is get the American Democrats pressuring the American president during an election year to take our guys out. How do you do that? Let's send 5,000 dumbasses from our local militia without guns. It's important because remember, they're going to get filmed. Send them there and to attack the embassy, and they'll beat it with sticks and rocks and things and try to break windows. What they really wanted to have happen was a massacre. They wanted the Americans to open fire, and 100 cameras would catch the carnage of America's killing these. Unarmed protesters. Well, it didn't work out. Didn't work out quite like that. In fact, Trump learned the lessons of Benghazi, which actually shouldn't have been lessons. Should have been just common sense. And Obama should have done it, but Obama sucks. So there you are. Uh, Obama immediately uh, orders the military in action, and you have H sixty four gunships appear overhead. Now, it's a lot less fun to be a martyr when you were among a couple hundred martyrs now remember the uh, a, a, ah a h-64 has a 30 millimeter cannon it could have cleaned the street it could have killed all of them and staff just flew around firing out flares saying dude do not play horsey because i i i am the master of horsey i am an apache gunship and the people um the people who were you know supposed to be the guys there, you know, sacrificing their lives. Um, well, they uh those guys were, you know, not quite so enthusiastic when they suddenly realized that holy shit, the Americans are not playing the role they're supposed to play, which is to roll over and suck. They left. Especially after a hundred Marines came in on Ospreys, which is a V uh a V twenty two Uh, it's kind of a like a helicopter airplane. But they were a quick reaction force that came up from, you know, Qatar or UAE or one of those places, Kuwait maybe, and uh, you know, immediately dropped in. Suddenly it seemed a lot less fun. You got a lot of guys with big guns and you've got a lot of helicopter gunships and you know, martyrdom seems really cool in theory, but not so much in practice. Now, the Democrats played their part. This is Trump's Benghazi. Well, yeah, it was Trump's Benghazi. And Trump's Benghazi was different. He didn't suck. He didn't fuck it all up because he's not Obama and he's not an insufferable sissy. Trump passed his Benghazi test. Trump also alerted the 82nd Airborne Division. The 82nd Airborne Division has three battalions, each about five, six, seven hundred guys. Waiting all the time to go someplace anywhere in the world on an emergency basis. And within a couple hours, you had one battalion on the way and then the next day in our battalion, next day in our battalion. Uh, he also activated 3,500 more troops. 3500 happens to be about the number of a brigade armored an armored brigade combat team. what's an armored brigade combat team. It's a mighty mighty force. It's uh, three battalions, uh, probably two armor, one infantry with their equipment pre-stationed in Kuwait it used to be called Pomkis, but I'm old. It's now I hear it's called APS, but it's basically, they store all the equipment for a brigade and it's kept and maintained and you fly the dudes in and they jump on the equipment. Well, 3500 is about the number of people for an armor brigade. So basically, uh, Donald Trump has really changed the dynamic by building up the forces in the Middle East. Suddenly, we're defensible again, and they weren't expecting that. So anyway, this uh, this Suleimani guy flies in from Lebanon. He doesn't even hide it. He flies into the airport. And it's like like LAX or LaGuardia. He just flies in because you know he can. Didn't ask permission. And he's Suleimani, man. He'll do whatever the hell he wants. And his scumbag local uh uh contacts meet him and they get in the car and they start driving and you know there's a reaper drone now apparently uh, again i'm not telling you anything classified apparently we follow this asshole around we always know where he is and he doesn't hide it's his way of saying hey screw you man you know right where i am you can't take me out you can't touch me you can't touch this do do do, 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 do. and like uh, mc hammer's career kapow uh, a couple uh, hellfire missiles hit his vehicle and he turns into um, uh, human mashed potatoes what I thought was really funny is they uh, identified him by this tacky-ass ring that he was wearing. It big old red, supposedly a ruby ring, probably plastic because he's a cheap-ass bitch. I'm surprised he wasn't wearing a tracksuit like Vinny down at the club. But uh, no, we, we, we freaking took him out. So you're the Iranians, right? You're the Iranian mullahs, right? And you're feeling pretty groovy. You're thinking, we're going to screw with the Americans. Uh, And according to uh, the administration, they got a plan, and this plan is: uh, we are, uh, you know, we're we're going to make the Americans pay for humiliating us at the embassy. We're we're going to actually draw some serious blood and see what the Americans do. Americans get wind of this; they tag your guy. He's he's it. He's he is a smear on the median of the road. What do you do? Because now Trump is inside your decision cycle. Because you don't have a plan for if Soleimani gets wiped out. That, that, that's, that, you, never, you didn't think that was going to happen. You don't have a plan. You're not ready for it. It just happens. And like you're like, holy shit, my go-to guy. Well, he's now an ex-parrot. He's pining for the fjords. He has ceased to be expired to gone to meet his maker. He's getting his 40 virgins or 73 virgins or however many virgins, which I, according to rumor, are bulwark staffers. And. W- I mean, really, who, who do you rely on now? Let's look at that. He deputies deputies. I actually have been working with him for 20 years. Supposedly he hires you hire his deputy. Now think about the mullahs. Do you think this Suleimani guy has, as a deputy, like a really smart achiever guy, like a guy who's ready to step in and be the big cheese himself? Does that sound like, like the kind of plan that you would have if you were in this kind of cutthroat uh, administration? No, he's borderline retarded. He's quirky. He's quirky the terrorist. He's not going to be super skillful. He's going to be a functionary who does what he's freaking told and provides no threat to the boss. Now, of course, the boss has been dx'd. Now he's in charge. What the hell is he going to do? He was never the brains of the outfit. Right? He was Luca Brazzi. Okay? He's not Tessio. Not, he's, not, he's, not, he's, not, he's not even Clemenza. He's Luca Brazzi. That's, that's his second in command. So what do you do as he ran? Right? What, what's, what's your plan? What do you do today? You're Khomeini. What do you do today? You know, you 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 go, oh, fuck. This, uh, this is bogus, bro. Because they don't have a plan. And the guy who's supposed to make a plan, well, he's dead. And then the guy who's supposed to replace him is a drooling wed. And again, I don't know who this guy is. I'm just telling you. Right now, there is exactly zero chance. Silabadi body had a super achiever as his second in command for 20 years, right? In that kind of environment. Come on. So what are you going to do? Well, first of all, luckily, the Americans are going to hold back. They may there. They killed the guy that was out of the blue. We didn't expect them to do that. But what they'll do is they'll give us some breathing room to, you know, reflect on things And uh, not act, which of course we're used to get ourselves ready. And holy shit, the Americans just smoked more of our guys. They haven't stopped. Think about it. The Americans are not playing by anything like the rules they formerly played with. At all. Not even a little. The Americans, right... Are inside your decision cycle. What the hell does that mean? A decision cycle? Well, it's called the ODA loop. Observe, orient, I forget the other one and then act. <laughs> I like forget the D and ODA loop. Uh, the bottom line is when you talk about getting inside someone's decision cycle, suddenly you're making the decisions, you're dictating the pace, you are dictating what exactly is going to happen. And for so long, Sulubani was the guy who did it because we were passive. Now we're aggressive. Now the mullahs are getting decisions made for them. Well, maybe we can, uh, let, let's call up our uh, local guys on the ground in Iraq. Maybe we can, have the, what, 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 what do you say? What they, They're dead too. They just, they, they just got, they just got the ship blown out of, oh, fuck. What do we do? Trump is inside their decision cycle by acting aggressively. Oh, it's decide. D is decide. Like I didn't know that. D is decide. Ah, observe, orient, decide, act. They haven't even got to decide. They're not even oriented. They're just observing right now. They are literally at the first stage of their loop. And Trump's in there making decisions for them. Now, and that's all this stuff we see on the surface. And of course, by the time you guys hear this podcast on Monday, there, there may be more shit going down. We are probably doing other things that you're not seeing, cyber things, diplomatic things, economic and financial things. I can see I can see money getting cut off. I can see them losing access to international bank. I can see all sorts of all sorts of things designed to raise the pain level of these uh, mullahs. Except it doesn't seem like Trump is 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 simply sending messages. Okay, messaging, information operations, is a way. It's a you know a kind of tactic to support a strategy. But what's our strategy here now? Trump says we're not going to go to war with Iran if we can help it. We don't want regime change. Yeah, you know. Not sure I believe that, because the ultimate answer to the mullahs in Iran is to hang their sorry asses from lampposts and let them die. And the people who should do that are the Iranian people, the Persian people, who are a great and ancient people and should rightfully be a powerful and prosperous regional uh, nation, living at peace with their neighbors. Uh, I mean, you you look at Persians who come to America, and these guys cannot be kept down. They're entrepreneur. They're they're like they're like Cubans. You you take them and put them somewhere, and they're going to become wealthy. I mean, they're just a great people. And then you get back to their homeland, and it's shithole. It's about time that they clean up. Now, we can't do it. We're not going to put five army corps into Iran and and, and clean it out for them. uh, We're simply not going to do it, and we shouldn't. It's Iranian people's problem. Let them solve it, and let them solve it the old-fashioned way, with rope. We need to help them, but there's things we can do. Everything we do that destabilizes the mullahs helps the people of Iran get that much closer to taking back their freedom. And Qasem Soleimani was an important part of the apparatus that kept the Iranian people down. He he wasn't just killing foreigners. He was killing people in Iran. That's why if you go on social media and you're not following Democrats or Hollywood stars or other uh, borderline Mongoloid idiots, uh, you would see... Uh, tweets of people show, like literally taking pictures of the candies and cakes that they made to celebrate the death of this guy who killed more Iranians than he's he's ever dreamed of killing Americans. Okay, if anybody, you know, if anybody's, you know, if anybody had a right to t- off this guy, certainly we did. The Iranian people had a right to take him too, but you know, we did the job for. It. Call it a present. You know, it's near Christmas. I, I think I think we're at the last couple of days of Kwanzaa. You know. This is our, consider this our Kwanzaa gift to the Persian people. A big bag of pieces of Kasim Soleimani. Here you go. Happy, happy Kwanzaa. Hope you enjoy. You know, it's feeling a lot like Kwanzaa. Anyway. So strategically, what's our goal? I, I, I have, I, I believe that our goal is regime. Our, our strategy is eliminate the Persian, the Iranian problem by Eliminating the theocracy by allowing the Persian people to take over and start doing what they do bad, which is, you know, making a prosperous country and one that's not particularly interested with fighting with its neighbors. That's a strategy. The tactic. Well, the tactic we're using right now is we're killing off their uh, their cat's paws. we were killing off some of the strongest uh, uh, guys preserving the regime. It's a beautiful thing. It's a glorious thing. I'm loving it, and the Iranian people seem to be loving it. So they, they say, Well Trump has no strategy." Nah, I think he does have a strategy. He's not just not, you know, you're just not paying attention. A key element, of course, is not being a bunch of passive sissies. Uh, you know, the, the the nation state equivalent of Ned Beatty who cruises down the river in a canoe. Okay, among our strategies has to be reaffirming a basic principle that if you kill Americans, you're going to die. Now, for too long, tin pot dictators have been able to hurt Americans and humiliate Americans without feeling any kind of response. So they they've done it more. When you tolerate bullshit, you get more bullshit. For example, look at the streets of Los Angeles. You tolerate a guy taking a dump on the sidewalk. Pretty soon, everybody's choking a grumpy out there on the concrete, and you're playing hopscotch trying to walk to the Seven Eleven. You've got to establish a basic principle. The basic principle is: you hurt an American, you're going to die. And I look—I'm a big fan of the Romans. I, you know, I spend a lot of time uh, studying Roman history because I. I, I you know I just I find it very fascinating and there's some just some great principles there like you kill a Roman we're going to kill all of you uh all the males well the males who can't work others will, will sell into slavery we're gonna sell everybody to slave. You're, you're your debtor going into slavery as for your land may sow it with salt may give it to somebody else doesn't matter you ain't gonna be there so what the fuck do you care this is an important principle. You screw with Americans, bad things happen. And for too long, you know, it was like, okay, you know, we tolerated it, you know, Obama, because he was weak. Now, he launched some drone strikes, and I, I, I mean, that's the only thing I liked about him. He's willing to kill, well, he killed some Americans. Yeah, he did. They were fighting with the enemy. What were we supposed to do? Some a freaking gift basket? You fight with the enemy, you stop being a I don't give a shit what your passport says. Fucking die. You know? I mean, that's like the literally like the only thing I like about Obama. Well, he killed an American citizen with a drone. Yeah, because the guy's a fucking asshole. What's he supposed to do? Well, I, uh, we could send to trial. Eh. Well, he wants to turn his ass in, he can. If not, here comes a hellfire, bitch. Enjoy it. Enjoy your Enjoy your rocket-powered suppository, mofo. So we've got a couple principles. Strategic objective. First, strategic objective. Iran regime change. Second, strategic objective. Establish the basic principle that Americans are untouchable. You know, an American comes to town, you're just like, okay, we're just, it's cool. We're just not even going to play. And then we're, we are now using tactics designed to achieve these objectives. I don't know what the hell we were doing before. What's the strategic objective from, like, sending a pallet of a billion dollars of cash to these ass Uh That's French for ass-wipe. What we're, I mean, what's the strategic objective? Did they think, okay, if we give the Iranian uh, mullahs a lot of money, they'll be cool? Uh, this seems to be a poorly thought out plan. But then again, it came from Ben Rhodes, and he's a fucking idiot. So what do you expect? Have you seen this guy, man? Nobody's been sadder than this dude because his bro got blown and not in a good way. No, he's like totally, he's like, it's just just a terrible thing that's happened. It's really gonna hurt America because I was so cool, man. He sent me a card. Okay, I don't know if he sent me a card, but maybe he did Kasam Soleimani blown up hardest hit Ben Rhodes oh and that lurch looking French motherfucker uh, John Kerry what a piece of shit going behind our backs to negotiate with the uh, mullahs I have a negotiation I'll tell you what I'll trade you not freaking dying for you doing exactly what I say it's a good trade You do exactly what I say. I don't freaking kill you and everybody you know. I think that's a great deal. I think you're getting a lot out of it. You're not going to get a better deal. I think you ought to take it. Soleimani should have taken that deal. Instead, he took a hellfire missile in the shitbox. And look at him freaking now. As you can see, I kind of lack sensitivity. But then again, when you kill Americans you need to freaking die. And that needs to be a, 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 a powerful principle underlying American policy. So anyway, we've had a, a nice long discussion of the death of Soleimani, uh, which is a, a very, very good thing for all of humanity. Now, what's going to happen in the future? What do the Iranians do? Because we like I said, we're inside their decisions. What the hell did they do? Do they have sleeper cells in the United States that they activate? I assume that they do. I would like to think that the FBI knows where they are, but the FBI is full of fucking idiots who uh, are only competent for ineptly uh, trying to uh, frame Americans uh, who dare disagree with their liberal mentors. Uh, so I'm not sure that uh, uh, the FBI is capable of stopping. Them. I would like to think that they're being watched right now, but who knows? Uh, do they launch attacks across the Middle East? They could. It takes time to plan them. takes time to resource them. And again, we have the problem. You know, second-in-command Corky's in charge now. And they haven't planned this. That takes time. And, of course, we're watching so we're expecting them to be doing stuff. So we we'll are be watching what they're doing, who they're talking to, what they're saying. Do they try something conventional? Or do they like try and sink a, a, a aircraft carrier or something? I, I, just, I just don't have the firepower to do it. They're really in a strategic bad place because they didn't expect this. They're not prepared to respond. We're already responding because we're killing more of their allies. And we're watching them. And now they've got to think, holy shit! Let's say we do pull off some sort of terrorist revenge strike, because they're all over Twitter saying, you know, oh, we will get great revenge against the great Satan. Sure, you will. Um, they got to know that they're in the gun site. They got to know that we're not we're not interested in martyring a couple uh uh, uh dumbasses that you talk into hitting the streets. With, uh, you know, burning American flags and their stupid banners and all the rest of it. We're going to kill the decision makers. Okay. We got, we, we, Kamani or Kamani, we got a freaking hellfire with your name on We'll kill your ass. All of you guys, we'll kill you. You're, you, not some art dude. It's really cool to be a martyr when you're not actually the martyr, when that other dumb shit, he's the martyr. Hey man, way to go. Nice martyrdom. It ain't so fun when it's you. But that's that's kind of what the Trump doctrine says. Trump's doctrine says, I'm going to find the freaking uh, uh, dude at the top of the pyramid, and I'm going to dust his ass. And that's got to really refocus them. So they have no time to prepare. They had no plan to execute. Now they know they're in the gun site, and America's watching. And... America's still in the game plan. We haven't pulled back and said, there, you, you see what we've done? Now be good. No, it's like, no, we're, we're, we ain't finished. We got some more motherfuckers to kill. And we've got a lot of choices. There's a lot of things we can do. They got refineries we can take down. We take down their refineries. They got no petroleum. They got no gas. What do you think the Iranian people are going to think? We take out their power grid. You think the American people are going to be happy? And how much harder is it to oppress your people You know, when you're walking around with a freaking Coleman lamp in your hand? Yeah. There are a lot of bad choices. We got a lot of options because we can do whatever the hell we want. And what can they do? They can sit there like little bitches and take it. Well, anyway, thanks for listening. This is Unredacted with Kurt Schlichter here at Town Hall VIP. Be sure you go out and get my books, Collapse, which is the new one, Selling Like Hotcakes, Uh, get People's Republic, Indian Country, and Wildfire. You know, Bill Crystal, who is to manhood what Michael Sarah is to manhood, uh, he called my books appalling. How much do you think you're going to like them? I think you're going to like them a lot. Check them out. And check, uh, you know, Check out the rest of the stuff here on uh, Town Hall VIP. There's a lot of good stuff. Thanks for being a member. Check out my column, for my regular ones, every Monday and Thursday, and my special VIP column on Wednesday. And I will be back next time with another podcast, Unredacted with Kurt Schlichter. Thanks for listening. Adios.